This podcast explores the Holochain programming pattern and the emerging peer-to-peer ecosystem. Holochain combines ideas from BitTorrent, which is the long-standing peer-to-peer downloading of media files across the internet. It combines ideas from Git versioning control software, which is a distributed version control system for tracking changes in computer code during software development, along with cryptographic signatures, peer validation, and gossip protocol. With this combined capacity, Holochain apps are versatile, resilient, scalable, and thousands of times more efficient than blockchain, where no token or mining is actually required. Holochain mimics scalable patterns in nature to take us beyond blockchain and is an open source framework for building fully distributed peer-to-peer applications. The purpose of Holochain is to enable humans to interact with each other by mutual consent to a shared set of rules, without relying on any authority, including blockchain consensus mechanisms to dictate or unilaterally change those rules. Peer-to-peer interaction means you own and control your data with no intermediary like Google, Facebook, Amazon, Uber, collecting, processing, selling or losing your information. In this episode, we spoke to Lisa Jetton. Lisa is a front-end developer for Holohost, the hosting company that's built on top of Holochain. And she is building the graphical user interface for three apps that support this hosting company. They are Holofuel, which is a dashboard that shows you how much Holo credits you have available, Holohosting and HT Admin, which is a way to pay for hosting for your apps, and a service log application viewer, which allows you to see your service logs to be redeemed for Holofuel credits. She shared her progress on these projects and what she is doing for the Holochain community to enable more developers to build with ease on top of Holochain, and why she finds Holochain attractive, especially the privacy aspects. Let's cross over to the interview and hear more from Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Hi. (laughs) Nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for accepting this interview. So we'll jump straight into it. What project are you currently doing on Holochain? Yes. So I've been actually working on a mixture of three. Most most recently, I've been working on the GUI for Holofuel. Prior to were the GUI for Holo hosting application and the HT admin. So I'll take those point by point, but I'll start first with the most recent. The graphical user interface GUI stands for. Yes. <laughs> The, the page yeah. in the browser, all the buttons and things like that. So That's right. Yep, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, so graphical user interface. So very much the front-end development about web applications, what the user will interact with and see when they have an application that they can use. Um, that That is, yeah. So pretty much anything the user's interacting and seeing visibly, that's a, going to be user interface. So that is what I am creating for many of the core applications in Holochain and, and Holo. So most recently, I've been creating the graphical user interface, the GUI for Holofuel. And Holofuel is the current C, and I'll make it from the parentheses of the current C, that we will have in, in Holo as a form of payment for Holo hosts and who are hosting applications that app developers who have enabled their applications onto Holo would like to be served for 
the public to use. There's so many nuance there. Of course, a lot of currency modeling. My colleague Perry is the one who's been writing the the backend code, and we call the backend code DNA in Holochain. Um, he's been writing the DNA for this application, and it is right. meticulous. It is precise. So it's been fun to see it evolve. I, of course, have the joy of bringing all those detailed thoughts to life in a way that people can connect to. So honestly, I've been focusing on a very clean and very just intuitive interface that people can go on to and visit and understand the intent of each page and really enjoy Holofield. So as any fintech application you might be comfortable using right now for your bank or whatever purpose, it, it has a similar flow wherein you can arrive after you've logged in and been verified, see your balance of Holofuel, you can see credits of Holofuel, you see um, pending right. or process transactions. And currently right now, you, you of course can make the full tour of requesting or, or proposing payments and then receiving it on the, on the other side. So from my perspective has been just a joy because I get to um, implement simple features that allow the, the strength of Holofuel as a, just a very new idea of currency um, to emerge and to be interacted with so so i just want to ask just to clarify holofuel is is the currency that people use to pay for hosting of these apps so mm -hmm. and you're really designing like i'm thinking about like a hosting company it's basically a website that people are logging in like godaddy and they're looking at their balance and and then they're just paying for hosting uh with the holofuel token and then it's that's then going and talking to distributed hash tables and what that's written in, there's a smart contract system and that's kind of like the, uh, the, D, the DNA is basically the smart contract equivalent, the DNA files. Is that, that what you're saying there? And that um, okay, so there are a few points I'd like to distinguish yeah. there. Yes, yeah, so first and foremost, I want to clarify, we are creating different applications for having a visual pool of fuel and kind of like, yeah, like how much you have available and how much you want to request or pay from the actual hosting environment. So we have a service log application that's being developed by one of my colleagues, Julio, and I'm also working on the Holohost application, which pairs alongside that and the Holofuel application to give a full picture of what it is to host and to be accountable for payment and then how much Holofuel you have to pay or to, to give. So really it's those three applications together that give that full picture. Yeah, they're each separated. So for modularity also, for recognizing not everyone's going to be involved in the triad. So, you know, some people might use Holofuel and just purely want to pay for services or be app developers and just pay for their applications to be up there and not actually be a host. So they don't need the Holo hosting application. They do from the app provider, excuse me, perspective, but they don't need to go on the Holo host side of that application. Each use case has very specific um, environment. So we have separated for, for that clarity. So I just want to make that distinction that the whole fuel application actually purely is just a, like a, like a simple, from a UI perspective, a simple FinTech environment. You go in, you see your balance, you see transactions and you can write notes and you can understand, yeah, it was for hosting this or is purely because I wanted to give my friend extra credit so he could have something hosted or he could, it's, it is going to be a fluid currency use. So that's what that application is uniquely for being accountable and the service and the payment for hosting that is going to be done through uh, the service log 
application. Um, and then for the host perspective, when they go on to Holohost, they can see, you know, what applications they're they're hosting um, and how those align with, you know, what payment might be due on the Holo on the on the service log application, and and then also see in their Holo Fuel how much they've received. Okay. So Holo Fuel is it's because it's a mutual currency. It's this whole system that, that sounds yeah. like it's got three interfaces. Uh, three sides to this business it's basically an accountability system where these service you know hosting and uh, logic execution service logs get registered and then we all agree between the three actors there or three interfaces if that's a real service to the community yes i would like to say holochain fundamentally had just in terms of its architecture has a lot of the i mean has the verification processes already in place it is quite different from blockchain technologies or like certain ethereum technologies where uh, everyone has a ledger and the same ledger of everyone's transaction there is none of not everyone needs to know or keep storage of every single transaction that isn't related to them so holochain itself you have your local chain and you have your DHT. And anytime you do, you make an action, you are storing those details into your local chain and you're signing it and you have the details of that transaction in the header. And that header can be published to the DHT or the, the details if it's public can be, put, can be published to the DHT. But anytime you, then you're moving forward, verification happens from other people when they, they audit your chain. Basically, the verification processes by comparison to traditional understanding of, of shipping networks like like blockchain, the verification is pushed to the edges. It's not like so monolithic that it has to happen first and foremost before anything can happen, but it does allow for differences and discrepancies to be noticed and to be addressed. So I want to say the reason I ring this fourth dimension is because implicitly in each of these applications that are holochain applications, those verification measures are happening. And then it's the combination of these three applications for the user to see that allows them to have kind of a full dashboard view of, yeah, I have this much fuel and I can interact in this way, but there is no need for them to really be like, oh, is this the, the reality? Do these three applications share a common truth? So, yeah. So they're just related to each other? Yes, yes. Okay, they're like cousins and sisters. And they're cousins, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, yeah, as long as it is all um, in the background, it is bridging, these, these applications are bridging to each other and they are cross-referencing, they are verifying data. So anything that shows up in these applications are in sync. They know they're, they're on the same data and, they, and it's been verified. So, yeah, just to clarify, because, yeah, there, there's so much nuance in this. Uh, so it is important to, to clarify. Thank you for bringing that up. Well, thank you for sharing. Taking a little bit of a step back, what really attracted you to Holochain? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and, and what do you see possible with these new Holochain capacities? I, I know we just touched on a little bit just then. <laughs> so much. <laughs> I mean, really, one of the hackathons I visited in, or as I was um, a mentor at in Brooklyn in New York, I visited this one lady. And I really appreciate what she said. She had um, brought forth, she's like, you know, whole change. She's like, it's the first time that there is an application that's or, uh, in this, um, an application, a peer to peer application in this space that it offers all the three metrics she was wanting of, of speed, of, of verification and integrity and quality and the ability for growth without being compromised in any of the other values. And so by contrast to blockchain or some of these other environments that were known prior to Holochain, you know, the, the more it grew, the more 
kind of monolithic and, and longer it took to process these uh, transactions. And so actually there was like a negative um, impact by growing your community. By conscious of that, Holochain does not have those problems. It's very scalable. And in fact, the more people you are, the more validations efforts that are going and more gossiping. And it actually is enhancing the relationships and enhancing the, the environment. So there's a benefit to that. And then, so just the fact that they've, when I say they, I mean like our core developers have thought such precision detail of all these use cases and the importance and the biomimicry of life. Like they've been able to implement solutions that I think for, for problems, the real problems that were initially addressed and recognized by blockchain, but not able to fully you know, manage or handle because uh, as a as a forefather, I want to say, and then Holochain was able to bring that into a degree of you know molecularity and movement that it, modularity. That was, I like that. Yeah, sorry. Oh, I like I like modularity. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, for me, it's it's bring it was able to break it down to pieces that understand. Okay, yeah, these are the benefits that, that blockchain has done. It's, it's been great that it's kind of prepared people's minds in these ways. There are some fundamental constructs that we need to clarify and distinguish from because, as it was a kind of like a, a predecessor in this environment, we need to give homage to it, but then also recognize how it's different from what we um, solutions that we're able to present. Blockchain technology actually can be that kind of environment can be created within Holochain. So in a way, it's almost like a subset of Holochain. Like Holochain itself offers so much complexity that you, you can develop something in the confines and the very structured and ways that blockchain needs, or it can be a little bit more adaptable. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a flexible environment and it really is a platform for creating not just a defined rule, a context of rules for doing certain things. So, so to answer your question, because it really is more than just it's not it's not a language it is a platform for development it mm. it offers a wholly different interaction style the benefits of how it could impact individuals are i mean i would say boundless like the more people develop in this the more there are new ways that people don't have to compromise giving their information to a, a third party a centralized party that they may not really care to know about because they know they need to get this information sent anyway i mean personally i i know even when I was in high school, you know, I'd go on Facebook and it's like, and just when they're starting to do, like when they're starting to sell some of your data or have like the marketing involvement well, there, the, like the advertising on the right hand side, oh, the advertising. Yes. Like hey. it was like, Oh, do you mind sharing this data? Or, you know, you almost have to consent to certain things. And I mean, especially if you're a young adult it's, or if you're pressured in time or whatever the environment, it's like you are, so many times people just like consent to things without really knowing the full outcome because they don't feel like they have another choice. Yeah. And this, this is the other choice. We're offering people to the ability to regain control of who they are, their identity, the information they're sending out and how they want that data to be interacted with. Uh, so, I mean, just in all the ways you see the benefits there, I mean, that's, I feel like the benefit the whole chain offers. And so yeah. for me, that's attractive. I mean, just as I got to learn more and more about what whole chain is, um, that's why I've, I've pursued a kind of commitment and involvement in Holochain um, to where I am today. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that you've touched on so many pinpoints or tipping points on why people would enjoy the new Holochain capacities. I mean, for me, what's screaming out right there is just that ability to not be forced to have to agree to a terms of service just to communicate with somebody online. Exactly. Have to give over all my data just yes. in, in that process. Yes, to be like, yeah, I can do it this time. <laughs> yeah, in a split second, I've had to make a, make a decision that just 
gives my entire history. Exactly. Not 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 a snapshot, but my whole life online. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, and it's like, well, what are the choice? But yeah, I mean, it is. It, I feel like it's been able to come to that level because there there hasn't been a suitable count, like alternative, and it's just, it's, in my opinion, pretty compromising, pretty sad. So I I just feel like this alternative is regenerative in a human in a humane way, and I, I I'm so excited about how it can bring people back to just. Speaking person to person, peer to peer, and enjoying value and authorship in truth without having to feel like <laughs> you're being used for alter- alternative motive. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing that gets me is, you know, knowing that my information is just feeding into a machine learning algorithm right now, and mm-hmm. it's it's being used to manipulate me, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, and you have no... You. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's like, have they, have they consulted you how they're using your information? I mean, the, the thing is, the reason I also reference the fact that like whole chain is more of a platform of development is there, there could be things and there absolutely will be things with how creative people are and how um, engineering people are. You, you can develop these kind of applications on whole chain, but if you're going to interact in a space where you know your data is going to be used, you know it, you know exactly what's going to be used and you're consenting to that with full knowledge and with full agreement and you have alternatives for not doing that. So it's like, you can still have algorithms where like learning human language and people are excited about contributing to this cause and they're willing to give you their records of whatever speaking for this length of time, but you know, you're doing that and you you feel excited to be able to represent that cause. It's not like, Oh, we're just listening to you and you just, that's it. (laughs) Don't complain. (laughs) You consented once. (laughs) So, yeah, no, that's cool. Thanks very much uh, for sharing your passion there. Knowing what you know at this moment in time, what would you like the, the developer community to know? And then what would you like the public to know? Yes. So the developer community, I I feel like there's so much so much newness when it comes to Holochain. So I really want to give them encouragement and say like, First and foremost, we are we have developed Holochain and to be compatible with Quasm. So Just for the listeners, what is WASM? So it's a WebAssembly module. So essentially it's allowing, the purpose of WASM is that you can write um, applications in a language that you know, such as JavaScript or Rust or Python, as long as it can be brought down to a binary level and then it can be... into the browser, sorry. Yeah, it can be brought down to a binary level in the browser, live in the browser, and then be run on a browser and connect to the Rust backend that Holochain is built in. So uh, right now, Holochain is fundamentally built, the core development of Holochain is built in Rust, and then yep. it, it it essentially is able to be serialized and deserialized through a WASM interaction, and this is happening in the browser, and that's the point. And so then people can reference our wasm kind of wrapper in our holochain developer kit which is the hdk and this is what people are going to be writing holochain dna in so just for those that don't know dna is the holochain backend that's what we call our backend applications and so they're they're comprised of different parts but the the kind of enclosing label is the dna and in order to write a dna you would reference this holochain developer kit which is the wasm kind of transform transform side of whole chain developer develop core development and right now it's only in rust but we're we decided to actually implement wasm because it opens up to a plurality of languages like i said uh, including javascript including python i mean the projection is that it could open up our development portal by tenfold 
um, of people that know those different languages. So it really is, again, showing developers, we want you to be able to access this, the benefit and leverage the, the power of this architecture of Holochain without having to know a specific context, a specific language. Like, so that's what we're working towards. Right now it is still in Rust because as Holochain itself is written in Rust, it was like the most readily mappable one. Yeah. But, so um, a, a Python developer in the, in the future can look forward to being able to write back-end code for his Holochain app and not have to learn a new language, basically. Yes. So a Rust developers meet up the other day, and I've actually realized I'm falling in love more with Rust than TypeScript because <laughs> it looks oh. the DNA code looks beautiful. <laughs> yes, <laughs> please. I mean, Rust. Okay, there there is no comparison. I mean, um, I think I, I personally have run in um, TypeScript quite a bit as writing in the front end. So I, I understand, like for me, by comparison to JavaScript, I love TypeScript. But when you start talking about Rust, it's just a fundamentally different level. Like it, it really has. This is one reason I think that we have chosen to write in Rust specifically for our whole chain core is because it is such a balance between a dynamic and a core language and able to leverage benefits from both. And so and the precision that it's able to account for is it's so great. And so when it comes into importance when creating applications like Holofield, you have to have such a you know, long decimal level of precision. I mean, just these things would not be, I mean, I remember talking to Perry specifically about uh, Holofield. I mean, some of the, the pure numerics that we're taking account for in the whole of fuel DNA would not be possible to write in JavaScript. Wow. And so, yeah, you just couldn't, you couldn't express that, that level of number and precision in JavaScript. So TypeScript, of course, is a subset, I'm sorry, a superset of JavaScript. So it would still be kind of limited in the ways that JavaScript is itself. So I, I'm very excited that things are being developed in Rust, but it, it also is that it is a learning journey. And I'm, I love hearing the fact that you're going to these meetups because there are more and more meetups. And so that's one thing I would say too, like, dive into all the resources that are available in these spaces, especially if you want to jump into a whole chain as a, as a backend developer now. Yeah. Like you definitely need to know Rust, but it is exciting. It is a fun, anything, anyone that I've heard um, start to learn about Rust, they're first like a little bit like daunted by it. And then they start to engage in it and they, they, it's like they have this mind shift or they just like feel elated. They're like, I can do so much. And this is the one I've been looking for. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of, it's fun to see that shift. Yeah. I, I, I can, yeah. I can speak from that personal experience. I was on, you know, one of the first developer courses with Holochain and, and I was scared of Rust, but then, you know, there's this big move of, of uh, developers getting excited by cloud functions. And I'm thinking of the DHT as just another backend for cloud functions, basically, because it's very similar. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, it, it is. And yeah, having a develop kit that you can reference is so important. So, and we recognize that not everyone, of course, has the time to learn a new language, which is why the additional HDKs of different languages from the for Rust, for the Wasmified version of Holochain, we're going to have HDKs for um, Python, for JavaScript, and that's why we're trying to create these additional tools that allow people to write Holochain applications. Because even though we obviously are falling in love with Rust, it doesn't mean everyone has the time to learn that language right now. So that's exciting. I would like to say one thing from a UI perspective. I primarily work on the UI, so I want to encourage all the people who are web developers or UI developers, front-end developers, not to be kind of overwhelmed or feel like they're so daunted by this new idea this, of uh, data construct of that Holochain offers that they can't, or by Rust languages like Rust, that they can't actually um, benefit from all the different 
opportunities that uh, Holochain offers as a backend technology. Really, Holochain as a backend is now, and through the development of, of our new version of Holochain, it is so independent from the UI. You can write your UI in whatever languages you already know and really care about. Again, going back to being flexible and open to our community and trying to engage as many people as we'd like. That's why we architected this interaction in this way, wherein really the only interaction between the UI and the DNA backend is through a JSON RPC protocol done through the API between the front end and backend. So a, a single API is what connect that's exposed by the DNA a zone public DNA is the only way the only way these two um, interact. It's not like they're heavily, you know, comprised together in a single repo. Either separate repos or just interacting through API calls. So if you want to write it again in TypeScript, if you want to write in React, if you want to write whatever, you you absolutely feel free to. Don't feel like you have to learn any. Really, you don't have to know whole chain at all. You just have to know a few ways to construct your API calls, and you can already wow. have the power of whole chain at your hands. So I guess the message there is don't freak out. It's actually, once you get your head around it, it's easier than you think. That's might, might, might been definitely my experience. That's a great, great summary. Yes, that's so true. <laughs> <laughs> you I know explained you said it, it really were... well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on the don't worry, you'll be right. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then what message do you have for the public, you know, the people that are uh, not so deep in the code about... Mm -hmm the current state of Holochain or what to expect next? We are developing something that hasn't yet been developed. And so we are constantly trying to learn new, the most optimal way to develop these things that doesn't compromise any of, of the benefits or of the um, you know tactics that we are in pursuit of. And so we are constantly trying to find ways to engage people and you, our community, um, all of our deaf community and all the public in general to be aware of our pursuits and our involvement. So we've been trying to create um, like dev pulse, um, like our medium articles or, or a lot of exposure that allow people to kind of rally with us and understand our journey. Um, because I would say really, you know, just like when, you know, Steve Jobs was creating Apple and Microsoft, he's like, we'll, we'll let you know when it's ready. Like that's kind of how we are at this point. Like we're developing and we're developing, we're learning, we're still learning about how to create some, recreate some of these tools to serve a process that hasn't yet been constructed. And so as long, so, I mean, as I'm sure you can understand what I'm saying is sometimes the uh, expectation of, of time can be hard to estimate when we're creating something that we need to create the tools for the things that we're mm. creating them yep. on, those tools in. And I think sometimes the public, if you're in these different environments, it's easy to be like, well, I, I hope that it would be done by this time or, I, or even just on a business perspective, like you need, you're wanting to integrate these for strategic purposes. And I would say, we hear you, we want to be with you, but we are working towards creating the most quality product we can that serves the purpose that you know and that we are um, in pursuit of. And so um, we invite you to look at our articles, be a part of our community and be a part of our journey to creating and bringing to life essentially a new internet where mm. people can have a humane and a very uh, agent-centric experience. So be patient. <laughs> it's, it's coming. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's the message I get. But every time I log in, I'm like, oh, wow, okay, everything's moving along. You know, mm -hmm. I guess for the, the general public who can't understand GitHub or certain developer progresses or milestones, uh, it can feel a little like what's going on. 
Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And that's natural. I just, yeah. I want to encourage people to be like, not like, Oh, why, why is it going? But like, Oh, like look at what we're doing and see how this changes. And like, I think the moment you make a shift from like, okay, I'm, I'm making a checklist of what's done to what are the items on this checklist and what does that mean for me and how, what, what are they doing to make this become a reality? And like, it's actually like fruitful for me and, and for people, then it's, yeah, you're all, all of a sudden shifting kind of your role and in interaction with in understanding how we're bringing this about. And one of the colleagues on my team, he was relating it to games and how um, one of his sons is a game developer. And he's like, you know, when, game, when people are um, subscribing to be a member of the alpha release of certain games and um, you, you go in and you create this certain context and you have your avatar and you have all these benefits of what you're creating and then on the next day you go in and half of that's gone, you know, they don't get upset because it's changed. They already knew going in that it was already there. That, that, that sorry that that was potentially going to happen and they're excited to see why you've changed the elements you've changed so the point being is, is they're already invested in this journey as a I don't know, a teammate as a counterparty as as people that are with alongside you then um, these changes although sometimes dramatic or or quick can can also be exciting and understood so yeah I, I just feel like the the best thing we can do is expose ourselves and be transparent and that's exactly what we're trying to do and we invite people to kind of come in and see um drum into those spaces with us talk with us be with us and so we can really reach our goal of being you know creating a person-to-person peer-to-peer interaction style and that starts with genuine communication in the space and then as it happens and creates over the internet so so lisa are you encouraging the community to be able to reuse the hollow host user interface design pack or are you creating some type of pack that the general community can then create haps or branded haps or uh, what i'm envisioning is some type of super hap and for the listeners on this podcast a hap is like a a decentralized application or a peer-to-peer application yeah <laughs> Perfect. Yes, it is. Thank you for saying that. Absolutely. (laughs) Our goal is to create tools that can enable developers to create applications as quickly and as kind of fully empowered as possible. Part of that development insight is that we've already been um, starting to construct what we call a a web component library. And this is a living document that we are using and creating on uh, Storyboard. And what a web component library is, is a space for people to actually see full constructed components. So right now we're actually creating in React, so I'll give that preface too. So components and be able to see them state by state. So how they could change with interaction with the user and what they look like at each of those states. A way for you to see the tests that are running for those different components. And then also, I mean, so in this, you're able to see the visuality or see like all the different components that make the branding as well as the functionality and the states of those functionalities. So it's, that's what we call it living because you can, it's not just documentation of like, this is what it should do, or this is how to make this happen. You can actually play with it, click on it, it interacts with you and you have lists of information underneath that describe the content that you're seeing. Some of it actually being in code. So for those that are familiar with actually going to Material UI or Semantic UI and grabbing pieces of code to implement into your own application, that is our goal is to have these bytes of code or pieces of code that you can go in and, and actually just copy and paste and you are able to actually bring up this recommended style of UI development for Holochain. Yeah, so it so. might be that all Holochain or some Holochain, a good proportion of Holochain sites will have a similar design. 
but what I'm really excited by is that what I, the pattern that I saw in the uh, blockchain development world was that everyone, no one shared their front-end code, but here we're creating modular React uh, front-end code that has it so that we don't have to really, you know, you don't have to have access to amazing front-end designers to be able to build an incredible app. It's meant, exactly, it's meant to be open to everyone. So it can be as easy as people coming in and copying, you know, ideally copying what we have made available for them to reference and putting that into the application. And that might just be a best, you know, for, for people who are um, maybe more focused on the back end and just want an easy development front end to see how their code interacts, or maybe with people that are new to UI, or maybe people who are going to a hackathon and they just want something that's able to interact with. So there are, yeah, absolute use cases for that. But then because UI is the UI is so detached from the back end, you can make it as complex and you don't have to have it in React. You can have it in um, your Beyond Rails. You can have it on you know, Angular. You can do it in any application, I mean, uh, a framework or a language that you feel comfortable in. Really, we just want it to be as complex or as simple as you want, you design. We have a standardization of what we recommend and what we see as the, the look for Holo, but if you're creating, um, we, we totally support businesses and different you know, applications to be developed in Holochain that don't necessarily have to reflect the look of Holo or Holochain. So make it your own too. <laughs> wow, okay. I mean, and so that's cool for the front-end developers to, to know that there's going to be this almost cut, copy-paste code that they can customize and see mm -hmm. how you know, other front-end developers are solving the problems of wiring up to back-end mm -hmm. Holochain. What's cool? It sounds like that. Sounds like people who are choosing, or, or people who are choosing to develop on Holochain, or do a project on Holochain. It sounds like the development process is going to be a lot quicker, as mm -hmm. well. So for someone who's non-technical, it'll be easier to get a an MVP out much quicker. That's the way what I see. Yeah. Totally. Yes. I do sparkle fingers. Cause that's what we do in our org to represent like, yeah, I agree with you. I resonate with that. So sorry. It's so automatic though. <laughs> Not like spirit fingers, but yes, like I totally agree with that. That is such a goal of ours is to really accelerate development. And because I mean, we, we can dive in as in depth as you want, but if you don't need to, don't want to, can't like, you don't have that world thoughts to think through those details, then we don't want that to be a blocker for you. We're trying to expand this community in a way that allows people to have, have tools, have alternatives for that um, vision that we were speaking about earlier as far as just autonomy and person-to-person and -person interaction. So the quick development tools are our gateway into that, are, are just our way of doing that. For, yeah. for me, I mean, and, uh, you know, clients, uh, you know, what I want people to realize is that, oh, oh, good, it's on Holochain. Oh, it's, yes. going to be, it's going to be a quicker project. This is not going to be a month's drawn out process getting my, mm -hmm. my distributed app built by some developers. It's it's going to be quicker than building on another blockchain system. Yes, yes. Yeah, that's alternative. <laughs> yes, that is our, we share that goal. Yes, and that is, that is the vision and that's what we're working towards. So thank you for supporting that and bringing that to light. That's awesome. Yeah, cool. And that's all just because there's big sort of like tribal differences between these communities or cultures, I guess. And it's just the Holochain people are more collaborative, more sharing and more for the greater vision. That's kind of what I see going on here. We're building, we're building capacity to build bigger pyramids than ever done before and, and collaborate to build bigger goals than just our, yes. our, our individual things. Yeah. You have it. That's exactly right. <laughs> we want it to be as personal um, and as connected as it can be, really, is the, is the vision there. Final question, and then we're totally finished. Yeah. 
how's the best way for people who are discovering Holochain to interact with the community or what's the most empowering activity they can do to get deeper into this world and, and benefit from these new capacities? That's an awesome question. Um, so we are offering many different resources. I know that not everyone has the same way of learning or of interacting. And so we're trying to create a plurality of formats for people to engage and learn. Right now we have a lot of different meetups that are emerging for Holochain. So I know there's some in Brooklyn, there's some in Portland, there's, um, they're, they're always growing. And we also have weekly dev pulses that actually give out the releases and the current status of Holochain where we're at. And there's new things emerging about Holo. So you can, if you are developing currently in Holochain, these are really vital and like kind of information bites because you can see breaking changes. You can learn about that. I'm sure you're already on GitHub, but it's also a very well articulated and easy read format. And so it can be fun just to have that a part of your kind of weekly digest and involvement with Holochain or Holo. And so, and then also, I mean, in the coming um, months, we are organizing um, already hackathons. So, of course, that was like our big way of interacting with the public when we were doing Proto. And we want to replicate that experience once mm. we feel like we are at, a, at a, um, a strong point for people to implement Holochain and make quick applications in it. So after we're past um, kind of closed out with Holo and trying to enter, have a, a very pegged version of Holochain that we want people to, to easily develop in. And as we were saying, we've had some of our goals for quick development come to light. So with rad tools like scaffolding or having these component libraries complete or more mm -hmm. complete, we want to get out into the public and have people get their hands wet and, and involved in these things. So I feel like that is honestly the, sometimes the best way to understand how to dive into whole chain technologies because you're interacting with people who share an interest in creating a common solution using the technology and you can just share thoughts back and forth. So for me, there's nothing like the personal experience of talking to people, interacting with people. We also have active team members that are, you know, they're publicly facing and, and telling you insights about our community. So I would, in the meanwhile, invite you to connect with them. And yeah, of course, all of our information is transparent and available on, on GitHub as much as it can be. We are uh, open software and so we're excited to connect and, and interact with people in the way we can. So I think it's don't be shy. There's multiple different channels that you can interact with the uh, this yeah. broader Holochain community and you'll probably find something that you really enjoy and a topic that you want to deep dive in. And just, That's right. <laughs> that's that's exactly. definitely been my experience. Just don't, you know, don't be shy. Just jump in and talk to whoever you need to talk to. Yeah. Read the articles that you need to read. Yeah. And if you have questions, you read something catches your interest, like comment on it. We have people that are always reading those comments and, and then maybe that's an inlet for you. I mean, I would say voice your opinion. We, we very much feel like everyone has value in their thought. And so mm -hmm. if you don't understand something or are questioning why something is or excited about something and want to even just, you know, I would also say like, if you're excited about something, that's also a reason to talk because I feel like it, other people can relate to that excitement and then you can create another community of interest in that way too. So just express. I would encourage people to express and be involved, participate. Mm. So ask questions. Thank, thank you very much, Lisa, for your time. Yes. I know it's, you're extremely busy pulling off this ginormous project, but it's going along smooth. So thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> it's my pleasure. Taking the time I, to talk to us. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. And it's my pleasure to interact with the community. And um, thank you for your questions. And I look forward to having further interaction in the future. Thanks for taking the time to dive deep with Lisa and myself on the rollout of the hosting company on top of Holochain. 
I hope this gives you some deep insight into the state of things. We're also putting together our Holochain podcast at holochainpodcast.com. If you would like to be notified by email as soon as an episode comes out, please visit holochainpodcast.com and enter your name and email address at the bottom of the website. Until next episode, I look forward to crossing paths with you in the ever-evolving Holochain community.